Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. known in football terms as a slam dunk. Hey, hey, welcome back to another edition of Daytime Fireworks. You get a double dose this week as we had an exclusive interview, special edition Yesterday, as we were recording this on a Thursday, we spoke with Ryan Nanny of Homefield Apparel yesterday, talked all kinds of Homefield Apparel, SEC football, and uh, some pretty uh, some pretty juicy, spicy takes on the SEC West. Um, but we are back to our regularly scheduled programming here with the Associated Press's David Brandt. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am doing great. We are... Uh, well, there's football this week, uh, at least for me. I will be in attendance to uh, see two high school games this weekend. We've got a big one on Friday and another big one on uh, on Saturday down here. So um, nice. Football is back this week, and um, and yeah, it's 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 starting to feel more and more like football season. I told you I took advantage of it this morning. The weather here is pretty nice this morning. Yesterday, I got a little bit of that, you know, you, you can kind of smell when fall is getting closer. Um, oh, yeah. In the morning, get that little nip in the air. Yesterday was like that. Today was like that. So we're getting closer. Um, before we get into the uh, the docket here of what we wanted to talk about on this episode, I did want to <laughs> I did want to give you this little note um, from uh, our buddy Rick Neuheisel who uh, I was past, uh, this was circulating yesterday in Ole Miss Circles. He, uh, I think it was on a radio show or a podcast. He uh, told a story about uh, 2005. Okay. When Ole, when Ole Miss was courting him. Are you oh, ready? Oh, wow. So this this is the Orgeron coaching search, right? <laughs> yeah. So okay. this, is, this is from Rick Neuheisel. So he said, 
2005, before Ole Miss hired Ed Orgeron, he was uh, he had already been in conversations with Pete Boone, Robert Kayat, AD, and Chancellor at the time at Ole Miss. Um, and uh, he was going to do, you know, kind of a final interview, you know, his final sales pitch for himself to be the next head coach at Ole Miss. So he's on the way to the airport in Seattle. Uh, you know, he had he was the head coach at Washington. Uh, so he's going to catch a 630 flight in the morning to Dallas halfway to meet with Pete Boone, and Robert Kyatt. Um, gets a phone call from I think it was Pete Boone said, hey, never mind. You know, we're we're not going to interview you. The chancellor said it's not going to work out due to your, you know, NCAA smoke. Because, you know, that was back when he had the like NCAA tournament pool. Yeah, that seems so quaint in retrospect, but yes, I, I do remember. Yeah, all that. I, and it's an NCAA tournament pool for another sport, and completely harmless. Um, so apparently, Ole Miss was like, "Hey, that's too much heat. We we, we can't hire you." Um, so they tell him like, "Hey, thanks, but no thanks. Don't worry about coming to Dallas." Um, so then Rick Neuheisel goes on to say that at his house his wife hears the phone ring and she picks it up and it's somebody that's basically along the lines of hey congratulations to your husband he is now the next head football coach at Ole Miss and you are the first lady we can't wait for y'all to join us um so the wires got crossed because Pete Boone thought he was calling Ed Orgeron oh my gosh when he talked to Rick Neuheisel and said, thanks, but no thanks. Um, so then Rick Neuheisel's wife was like, uh, I think you have the wrong number, like, you know, whatever. And she hung up. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so basically like Ole Miss could have potentially dodged the Ed Ordron bullet. And if they had just made the right phone call, hired Rick Neuheisel. Is that true? That's that's according to a, I believe it was a <laughs> podcast. Oh, that's amazing if that's true. Let me uh, find it. I believe um, it was on a show called Full Ride. That's amazing. I I the one thing that gets me is like, how could you when you called up? When you're oh, it's Chris uh, Chris or... Childers. Oh, okay. Um, on Sirius well, XM. I mean, I've heard Stranger Things, I guess. But <laughs> how, how, if you're on the phone talking to Ed Orgeron, how do you know you... I mean, you know when you're talking to Ed Orgeron. You understand what I'm saying? I can't... Yeah, I can't imagine them telling him thanks, but no thanks, and Ed Orgeron being like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm already at there. Like, there's no way he doesn't <laughs> interrupt. Right, and there's no, I mean, like... I you can definitely hear I mean, him breathing. Right, and we, and I mean, I've mi mixed up phone numbers before. I don't know, that's a that's a crazy story, but yes. It that's was, like uh, the, yeah, that's like the 2005 equivalent of like, have you ever caught yourself when you're like thinking about something or thinking about someone and then you're texting someone and then you're texting that person that you're thinking of. Yes. I've done, I've actually got a, a halfway good story about uh, 
when I was in Jackson, uh, I, before I covered Ole Miss, I covered the SWAC for a couple of years. I covered Jackson State and Alcorn and, and Mississippi Valley a little bit. But anyway, I covered Jackson State a lot. And that was when Rick Comagy was the coach. Jimmy mm-hmm. Oliver was the quarterback. They were pretty good. They yeah. were a lot of fun. They were getting a lot of Division One transfers. So anyway, um, I'm downtown at the office. And my wife calls me. And she was like, hey, I'm getting off work. Uh, you want me to come pick you up and we'll go get dinner, you know? And I was like, oh, that sounds, sounds great. So I was like, I'll walk downstairs uh, and I'll wait for you outside. You just pick me up. So I walk downstairs, like, I'm like, call me when you get close. So like 45 seconds later, I get another ring. I don't look at my phone. I just go, hey, baby. And uh, it was Rick Comagy from Jackson State. And he just goes, <laughs> excuse me? He goes, excuse me? <laughs> I was just like, whoops, sorry, Rick. I- He was like, I thought we got along, but I'm not sure we're on that sort of relationship (laughs) basis. So anyway, I had to explain to him. I was like, I thought you were my wife. He was like, you know. Anyway, yeah. Rick Rick took it in stride. It's the first first and only time I've called a college coach baby. (laughs) I've definitely done the thing where like I've just gotten gotten off the phone with my wife and I'm talking to a friend or whoever. And at the end, I said at the end of the phone call, I say, I love you. And then they're like, <laughs> what? Excuse and then I just, what? And then I just hang up. Uh, right. By oh, far the, hear that. By yeah. far the worst was um, right after college, my college girlfriend had a roommate and I was going into work. I was actually going into work at, at Sports 56 in Memphis. And I was producing like all the afternoon shows. And then I produced... um like Redbirds and River Kings games at night. And so I was going in, you know, for like, you know, the afternoon night shift, like not necessarily graveyard, but like I was going to be there a while. And, and I was like texting my girlfriend about her roommate and complaining. I don't remember what I was complaining about, but basically, you know, nothing like nothing bad, like nothing terrible. Like I wasn't like, I hate your roommate, but I was just venting and, uh, as soon as I got in, sat down, got in the booth, started getting everything together, you know, I was putting my phone to the side because I knew I wasn't going to be looking at it. And for some reason, I look at my phone and I like when I unlocked my iPhone, I had text her roommate, not my girlfriend. <laughs> I could see that one coming. Yeah. Yeah. So long story short, she actually took it in stride and was like, took the criticism well. Um so <laughs> hats off to her, like special person to be like, okay, I know you're, you're talking shit about me, but you're right. Right. Um, but it was respectable. Shit. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this is from Rick Neuheisel. Um, I don't know if Pete Boone or Robert Kite have corroborated the story, but um, yeah, still wild. Do you think, uh, well, depends on, <laughs> depends on how you view uh, success or, or, you know, recruiting success obviously was there, but do you think Rick Neuheisel would have done better, would have fared better than Ed Orgeron? I mean, I think record-wise that maybe there had been slightly better results and maybe even like okay results, but I'm not sure Ole Miss would be in any better of a spot today. 
I don't think Rick sure. Neuheisel was going to be the the savior of Ole Miss football. You don't have a no. 20-year tenure and win a national championship and do all that. I do – I mean, you know, let's let's be honest about the Orgeron tenure. He went 3-21 and 21 in the SEC with what? Oh, two yeah. wins over – Two wins over Kentucky and one over Vanderbilt or something. I yeah. mean, you know, it was a it was a dismal stretch. So, so I think just just about anybody would have had a better record, yeah, yeah. I think, in those first couple of years. Now, do I think after would would Rick Neuheisel have set up Houston Nutt as much for success? Would there even be a Houston Nutt at all this? Would we have all this all these amazing stories? Who knows? But um that's the I, that's I the do. one I was gonna get to because New Heisel went eleven and one, got to the Rose Bowl, um, at Washington, right. beat Purdue, had um now maybe that one year, a little propped up by Marquise Tuiasapopo. They had uh Jeremiah Farms at linebacker, Akeem Akbar at DB, Chad Ward. They had a couple couple linemen went pro they had a pretty solid team that year oh yeah they were good i mean the, uh, the kids I mean, don't remember that washington generally speaking used to be and i mean actually they're pretty good again this year i think but like, oh, regularly I think speaking they were a, they were i think they're gonna be a champion. i think they're gonna be a handful this year yeah they're they're tough, gonna be good tough schedule but michael Penix jr and what kayla uh, but kaylin DeBoer's done over there is pretty great um yeah oh and, but, and what i'm saying is washington along with Colorado way back in the day, you know, used to be year in, year out. That was a pretty good team for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Fell off after that. My only hang-up, and I'm not advocating for Ed Orgeron by any means, but, yeah, I'm with you. Like, might have been a little better, but you have to also remember he hadn't, at that point, he hadn't coached in three years. Right. It had His been last a, season and, was 2002 at Washington, and they were 7-6. and six. And as silly as it sounds, like you said, you know, with the NCAA tournament betting thing, you know, that the pool that would seem ridiculous by today's standards, there was yeah, so smoke stupid. around him at the time. And, and that oh, yeah. wasn't that far removed from like the Billy Brewer era. You know what I mean? There yeah. was still some, there was still some, hesitancy. there was some scar tissue. It was a different, right. And it was, a, it was just a different time. Uh, you know, I mean, it, like I said, it seems quaint and silly to talk about, but that was 18 years ago. That was back when NCAA enforcement, you know, really had some teeth. And like you said, yeah, there was exactly. still some scar tissue from what had happened. Yeah. Um, now, your point about Houston Nutt, that's the one I, the one I still kind of grit my teeth about, was there was some smoke to Bobby Petrino. And they... You know, he was in the NFL, but that was fresh yeah. off of what um, what he did at Louisville, which was, at that point in his career, was pretty remarkable. You know, he went 9-4, uh, and 11-1, 9-3, 12-1, won the Orange Bowl. Oh, yeah, he was one of the hottest names out there for I a mean, long they had, time, actually. They had um, Brian Brom and Michael Bush. And they had a hell of a team, 12 and one finished in the top 10. Um, I mean, those Louisville teams were hell for people. I remember oh, they were great. Those, um, those Thursday night, uh, conference USA games were so fun. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I guess, Conference guess, USA just in general was really fun. Yeah, that was, I guess they were already in the Big East at this point, but before the Big East, um, those Memphis Louisville games were fun back in the day. But oh, absolutely. yeah, I mean, if you tell me that Ole Miss could have had Bobby Petrino instead of Houston Nutt, you take that 10 times out of 10. Yeah, because I think, well, Houston Nutt was in a way the perfect coach to take over for Orgeron because he could really coach up what he had. I do think Petrino might have sustained it a little longer. Yes. You know, kept up the recruiting because that was the thing with Houston. I just don't think that he He got lazy. Yeah, I I don't know if it was lazy. I don't know if it was lack of want to or he just couldn't, you know. But for whatever reason, they just didn't recruit very well down the stretch. And by the time he left in whatever that was, 2011, like that roster was was pretty rough there for a while. That that was going to be my thing. The term, I'm borrowing it from our friends over at No Laying Up when they talk about golfers. The, the, the main, you know, obviously the, the big one is Tiger. They talk about how Tiger in his prime was just a killer. Like he would try to embarrass you. Um, oh, yeah. And like certain golfers have it and certain golfers don't. Um, you know, just that mindset. And I and we're talking college football coaches. Bobby Petrino is a killer. Like he wants to hang 70 on you anytime he can. He does not care. How he has success, he's going to do whatever it takes to have success. Houston Nutt was just kind of, you know, he was just kind of happy to be there. I mean, he yeah, he was, he got his second chance. It was like his yeah. victory tour. He he beat Arkansas at Arkansas in his return. It was a great. Oh, you know, I was at I mean, that one. He, you were at that one oh, too. That, I was at. That's my Chuck Roundsville. Story yeah, that's the that that's stuff. the Chuck like, game. That, Right. That was one of the more, that was one of the highlights of my covering Ole Miss. But yeah, I mean, you know, Houston Nutt got to do the things. He he proved he could coach them up. You know, he took Ed Orgeron's right. players and made them, you know, improve them by five games and made them one of the hottest teams in the SEC for a little while. And so, but he just wasn't as interested in, yeah, like you said, the killer instinct of just building a beast in the SEC West. Ah, he didn't, you know, that really wasn't what he was aiming for i mean i'm sure he was aiming for it but he he knew yeah so we started off talking new heisel and coaches but we do need to also talk about another coach and another quote that was pretty interesting um this was a little bit ago but i somehow missed this i haven't heard anyone else talk about it and you mentioned it before we started recording um This is interesting. So UCLA joining the Big Ten next year. So they're fine. They're in the Pac-12 right now. They're going to join the Big Ten. You know, a little little convenient for Chip Kelly to kind of come up with this wacky idea because he's sitting pretty over there in in Westwood. But he is essentially pitching the idea of, I guess, the Notre Dame model for all of college football which the Notre Dame model would be independent for everybody. So this is the quote. Um, this was last week. I believe it was last Tuesday. Chip Kelly says, quote, Notre Dame is an independent in football, but they're in a conference for everything else. Why aren't we all independent for football? Take the 64 teams in power five and make that one division. Take the 64 teams in group of five, make that another division. We play for a championship. They play for a championship and no one else gets affected. 
our sports different than everybody else. We only play once a week. Travel's not a big deal for football, but it is a big deal for other sports. So that's my theory. I I mean, it makes a ton of sense to me. I think, you know, if, if the, I think it, the one good thing that I really like about the quote is that it, it acknowledges that football has grown into a beast. That's almost exactly that that's grown into something that college sports, as we've known them for the past 50 years, just can't handle. I mean, and that's, you know, the NCAA has a lot of faults, but I'm not even blaming the NCAA on this one. It's just become an unwieldy beast. That's, you know, that, that we need to acknowledge that the old college system probably isn't going to work. But I think it can for the other sports, you know, for basketball, for baseball, for volleyball, for tennis, for golf. Like, you know, you you do feel for the USC volleyball player that's, you know, right. going to be at Rutgers on a Tuesday night and then have to get back, you know, when the flight gets back at like four in the morning and you got to be at class the next day. Like that, that would be right. rough. Not to mention, you know, parents who – you know, say you got a kid that goes to uh, USC or something like that. If you want to see the away games, you know, you're going to have to spend a ton of money to get out there. And, and a lot of families won't have the means to do that. Right. And I think that that's, you know, it's pretty spot on. And he's, and I I think it could work now. Right. Would, I mean, scheduling, there would be some issues like, who, who are these top 64 teams? Like, which ones, the the dividing line by who gets in and who doesn't would be a huge deal because it would mean, you know, TV dollars, all those different things. It'd be almost like the Premier League in, in soccer in England. And then right. you get relegated to that second division. You know, there's not nearly as much money in the second division as there is the first division in, in any soccer league in the world. And it would be the same thing, obviously, in football here, like, you know, the, the, the pie would be hugely different. Like, like, you know, with what's happened with Oregon state and Washington state right now, are they in that top group or are they in that middle group? Who knows? This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoysa fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 Nine five three eight four four nine, and get your free quote today.
The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It'll probably never, ever happen because conferences mean so much and there are TV deals with conferences. And, um, you know, that is all tied in with, you know, the TV deals are based on the matchups that you get every single year. You know, ESPN and CBS and Fox and whoever, like they're they're banking on making their money from viewership. Michigan, and, and Ohio ratings. State. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the, the Alabama, LSU. Iron Bowl, Egg Bowl, Florida, Georgia. Yeah, all of that. the The TV deals are there for a reason, because they know marquee programs are playing marquee games every single year. So, probably will never ever happen. And I do think conferences are part of college football and part of what oh, makes sure. it great. And you want the the conference you know, the title race, you, you want that. Like you want the, the hype around. I mean, look at this year. This is the probably, this is the last year of East and West in the SEC. Correct. Right. Ole Miss has never been to Atlanta. They're the only West team that has not gotten there. So that's a huge storyline. A lot of buzz yeah, around Ole Miss. I, I mean, can no, they? There's no doubt that if they would, if they did something like Chip Kelly is talking about, you would need some sort of like sub conferences. You know what I mean? Because you would need something to go for besides the the sixty four team title. Because obviously that wouldn't be possible for everybody. I don't know, but but I do agree that conferences are part of the fabric of college football. That would be a big change. Yeah, but. 
Yeah, I I appreciate the idea because you would think financially it makes the most sense because, yeah, football makes the most money. These teams, when they travel, if they're on a plane, I mean, they're 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 fine. They can get flights. It's not yeah, an issue. Football, football travel is not a big deal. It, it's just not. Like, I mean, you travel once, you know, the, the great teams have five road games a year. You know, one or two of them are usually pretty close. So maybe two or three times a year, you've got a somewhat difficult flight or something like that. But they can afford it. it it's just not football, but it, it's much more difficult in the sports where there's more games and, and just things like that. It kind of lines up with what what Eli Drinkwitz was talking about. Um, I believe that was last week as well, where he yeah. was, you know, did we count the costs yeah. when looking at all the other sports? Right. I, I think it's just an acknowledgement that, again, that football is just has grown into something that's totally different than pretty much anything else. I mean, some big time basketball, but it's just football is just its own beast at this point and I think it needs to be treated as such whatever they do with it like you know we're making decisions with football the same as or at least that affect cross-country runners like that doesn't make any sense so yeah I, I do appreciate Chip Kelly thinking outside of the box a little bit yeah I mean it's 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 just a talking point this like somebody probably asked him something and this is what he said Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't see the full interview or the full, the full clip of it. I don't think, you know, maybe at the end of it, Chip Kelly was like, you know, oh, it'll never happen. And like, I don't think this is what's going to save college football, quote unquote. But um, yeah, he's just throwing something out. Sure. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, he's immersed in it. I'm sure he's thought about it. Yeah. And I, I'm oh, yeah. sure if you had if you had a 64 team or whatever, 48, 72, however many teams, you could still definitely, you know, from a scheduling perspective, you know, have the marquee matchups that would make TV happy. I think that would be doable. But yeah, I, I do think you miss something like the storyline of Ole Miss trying to make Atlanta of of just the conference championships. I mean, conference conference titles are still a big deal. And and I think that's important. Yeah, I do too. Um, sticking to the theme of polarizing quotes, uh, there was <laughs> another one. Um, this, uh, I it was brought to my attention. It was posted on Football Scoop. I didn't see it until this, so somebody else on the beat could have written about it. I just now saw it um, as, uh, I believe... Zach Barnett from Football Scoop posted this, but the quote was uh, somebody asked how Lane Kiffin was adjusting to uh, the new reality of college football. You know, transfer portal, sure. NIL, how recruiting is different, blah, blah, blah. So his full quote, accepting that you're going to not have phenomenal culture. It doesn't mean I don't work on it, but I think I have to realize, hey, it just is what it is. One, we don't have many kids that are dying to be here. They didn't grow up wanting to go to Ole Miss. These transfer kids are going to a place that fits them best at that time. It's not about the school, and they're not on their third, fourth, fifth year with you where, quote, hey, they know how we do it. 
They know the expectations, the culture, the other players. Unfortunately, now it's like plug and play. I I actually love that quote. I'm a hundred percent. He's he's a hundred percent correct. He I is mean, hundred percent correct. I I will always appreciate and take the honest answer over just like your door to door Bible salesman or used car guy. That's just yeah, going to tell no, you what that's... you want to hear and just going to give you coach speak. Like this is Kiffin being honest with the landscape of college football. And I think you have to approach it with some nuance and some context. The one that's going to get, that's going to get peppered and is going to be, be cut from this quote is they don't grow up wanting to go, go to Ole Miss or, we don't sure. have many kids I, I, that are dying to be here. You have to understand what he's actually saying and don't take it literally. Well, don't take it personally. He's meaning that for every school, just about. Yeah. Like he's saying that it's a transactional relationship now for even more kids than it used to be. I mean, I think the old adage of, you know, kids growing up wanting to play for Ole Miss. I mean, yes, that happens sometimes, but there was a lot of kids that it just worked out that way. And Ole Miss was, you know, that's their new home. But now it happens even less. It's all, you know, it's it's very transactional. Where can I play? Where do I have the best chance to get a good NIL deal? Where can I go pro? You know, it's not as much like, you know, living and dying by the, you know, the, the culture of Ole Miss and the history and all that stuff. That's just not, but it's not, I, I, I totally agree that Lane Kiffin is not meaning that specifically to Ole Miss. He's talking about at any school, you know, no kids going to, or I shouldn't say no, but few kids are going to Florida just because they loved it. It was just the best opportunity for them at the time. Same yeah. thing for pretty much the best everybody NIL else. package. Right, exactly. And so, and his culture stuff is spot on. Like, I, I mean, you can't, it, it's just part, I'm not saying it's even right or wrong, but you just, when you only have kids for 10 months or 12 months instead of four mm -hmm. years, five years, it, it's just obvious. It's more of a plug and play. You don't, that's what I'm saying. Like the best coaches in college right now are the ones that can take almost entirely new groups of kids every year and make them play well quickly. You know, we got kind of got to see John Calipari at Kentucky kind of started that model in basketball before anybody else. And he had some really good success several yeah. years, but then there's also been some years where it hasn't really worked out very quickly that, Sometimes, you know, teams with more chemistry and, and things like that have been able to beat them. I, talent, you know, chemistry matters at least to a degree. And so I, I think that Lane Kiffin is just smartly pointing out that some of that is lost and people have got to adjust. But I, I love that quote. Yeah, look, I talk to high school kids all the time. And there are times when high school kids will say, oh, X school, that's my dream school. Or, oh, I grew up watching them. Uh, I always loved their, you know, their offense or whatever. But that doesn't happen very often. I don't think high school kids these days grow up watching college football. They, they watch college football when they go on visits. But I don't think a normal 16, 17 year old is getting up at seven 30 eating breakfast and turn on game day and getting ready for a full day of college football. Yeah. I, mean, I it, don't, I like kids, I kids aren't growing up. Like if they're from Mississippi, they're not growing up 
every week cheering for Ole Miss or State. There's not many that do that. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I just don't like – I mean, there, there are kids in Mississippi that will say, oh, Oregon was my dream school growing up. Or well, I also – and I also think the big thing is, is like – and we forget this because we're, you know, I'm, I'm 42 now, but their, their frame of reference is so short. Like something that happened eight to 10 years ago for an 18 year old is an eternity. Like, I mean, like that, yeah. that's, it's almost like it didn't happen. So like really when you're talking about their reference points, it's really only the past three or four years, you know, as far as I really like this offense or I really like this, you know, the, the history of it, you know, we're talking about, I, I had a conversation one time or I, we were asking questions to Kyler Murray and I brought up something from varsity blues and he was like, Oh, I've never seen that. And I was like, excuse yeah. me, what, you know, a kid from Texas. And he was like, if we're talking Friday night lights, I've seen that, but you know, varsity blues, which was made in like what 99 or something like that. That was ancient history for him. And it's the same thing with, with college football, I think for, for kids that are in the, for teenagers. Yeah, well, I think I think I told you the story about when I was at the Elite Eleven Regional in Oxford, and one of the quarterbacks didn't know who Byron Leftwich was. Yeah, that and that just kind of blows our mind. But I remember, you know, when I was that age, you know, somebody, a dad in their forties, would be like, "Oh, you know, uh, I don't even know, you know, throw out a name." I knew who Terry Bradshaw was, but that sort of name, you know, they'd throw it out and be like, "I don't know who that is," and they'd be like, "What?" You know, it's it's always. Yeah, it's always interesting I, how that works. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand what Lane Kiffin is saying. And... Absolutely, I I a hundred percent agree with that quote, and I don't and and I think any honest college football fan, if you're honest with yourself, understands exactly what he's saying. And I don't really understand how you could quibble with almost anything. Like that's that's well, just the new reality, and it's always been yeah. the case. There's always been a romanization of the, you know, kids growing up wanting to play for Ole Miss or Mississippi State or anybody or even Alabama or something like that. I mean, I do think that happens sometimes, and it's a really cool story when, it, when they do. But I, I think a lot of kids, it's it's even more so now with NIL, it's just a very transactional relationship. It's almost like free agency. Like, you're just yeah. going to the school oh, that's offering the most money. Yeah. I, these days, when you hear – a recruit that talks about, oh, like that Alabama offer, like that means a lot. It's not because, oh, all I want to do is wear the crimson and white and I love Bear Bryant and man, uh, houndstooth everything. Like I got to wear houndstooth every, <laughs> every day. Um, you know, I love going, you know, whatever. Like, no, it's because Nick Saban gets guys to the NFL. And he right. wins. It has nothing to do NIL with deals. Tuscaloosa or the University Absolutely. of Alabama. Right. I mean, those might be bonuses. And then you get the kid sure. on a visit and they like the town. Their parents like the town. Like, that's that's a cherry on top. I think that could be the deciding point between two schools offering similar packages. Um, you know, I, I do think that some of that matters. But I think we've talked about this before. But I, I do think that some of the more successful coaches in this era will be the ones that are able to somehow replicate at least a little bit of that culture though you know what i mean mm -hmm. like lane kevin's talking about it i totally understand his point but 
it's much harder, but somehow you've still got to establish some level of, you know, team before myself, that sort of thing. You've got to be able to impart that, you know, a rising tide raises all boats, that sort of thing. Like, otherwise Mm -hmm. you've just got 85, you know, like they talked about the, I think of the the Red Sox of the 70s, 25 players, 25 cabs after the game. Like everybody's just doing their own thing. So um, I, I do think that culture is is harder to build. I don't think it's irrelevant, but I I, I totally understand what Lane Kiffin is saying. Like you're, it's just tougher to build any of that than it, it ever used to be. Yeah, I. It's, it, you know, it's like the Chip Kelly thing where it's going to be picked apart because of one sentence or one phrase. But, yeah, I mean, he... But even that phrase, I totally understand. I mean, I, I understand why that hits hits college football fans and Ole Miss fans in their feelings a little bit. I, I get it. Like, and I'm not ripping on Ole Miss fans because any fan base would be <laughs> upset about yeah. that part. But you know what I mean? Like, you right. can insert any, any team in there and I the diehards would be like, wow! So... I don't know, but I, yeah, I, I, one of the things I really appreciate about Lane Kiffin is he, he tells it like it is. He doesn't sugarcoat a lot of things. Yeah. And, and notice how he didn't say, oh, the kids hate it here. I no. mean, sure. Maybe, you know, Jackson Dart grew up in Utah and got an offer to go play at Southern Cal, which is a great place to go if you're a quarterback. Now he's at Ole Miss. Sure, he didn't grow up thinking, man, I really hope that I get in the portal after one year and go to Ole Miss. But I'm sure now if you ask Jackson Dart, I'm sure he loves it there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, this isn't like Kiffin saying our entire roster hates being here. No, absolutely not. It's just that that's where – I mean, it was just like 15 years ago with Jevin Steed. You know, and Texas was his dream. He was yep. there for a year or two. It didn't work out. He ended up in Ole Miss. And from every time I talked to him, you know, he really enjoyed Ole Miss and, and loved it in a lot of ways. But it, it was just different. It, he didn't grow up wanting to play there. It was just a different situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, watching the Johnny Manziel documentary. He wanted to play at Texas. And then Texas A&M gave him a full ride. And he went to Texas A&M. And now he's, you know, in the – a&M Hall of Fame, and he's all, you know, gig them, thumbs up. Yeah. So, we're getting, we're, yeah. we're, we're getting, we're getting close to the season. So, like, people are just latching on to any kind of talking season narrative just to yap but about I actually, something I and actually, complain. Right. I actually think the Kiffin quote opens up a lot of good talking points, though. And I, I think that sure. he's hitting on a lot of interesting topics and, you know, just saying it like it is. Cause I, I do think, cause I think we have to be honest and, and, and you have been, but you know, with NIL, I'm glad players are getting paid and getting their market value. I think that was long overdue, but there are some, I don't even know if they're unintended consequences, but there's, there are certainly consequences to changing things around so much. And I do think that one of the things that falls by the wayside a little bit is the culture, a, a little bit of that, you know, watching kids grow, you know, from being a backup their freshman year to slowly growing mm-hmm. into really good players. You'll you'll still get that occasionally, but I, I just think that more and more now it's it's just much easier to do a reset and go to another college. Yeah, I, I had no issue with the quote. I totally get what he was 
I'm, I'm picking up what he was putting down. Sure. All right. We will uh, be back next week as we get closer and closer uh, to college football. We are what? How many weeks out are we? We're, kind of, we're about two weeks. Don't oh, yeah. People start playing the last week of August. I think there's a couple games yeah. like August 30th or something. I don't know. In two more – in two weeks, David, we'll be breaking Hawaii down Mercer. Vanderbilt. Hawaii Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll be we'll be talking uh, we'll be talking week one games. We'll be looking ahead to the Mercer Bears. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. So you got to prepare um, for the Mercer Bears. You 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 cannot. The pride of this is it Mercer and Macon, Georgia. I believe so. I think that's, that's right. That sounds right. I know somebody that went to law school at Mercer. Actually, it is somebody who went to pharmacy school there. So. It is in Macon, Georgia. Their stadium named Five Star Stadium. I, I kind of like that. Not a lot of five stars there, but <laughs> 10,200 capacity. Got a nice little backdrop with the uh, with academia behind one of the end zones. Nice little building. I do think that's cool with like uh... – when, when certain stadiums are really built into the campus really well. Like I've always liked uh, yeah. Louisiana Tech's uh, baseball field is actually like right in the middle of campus, like yeah. there's dorms behind the outfield. I just, I love the way it's situated in there. I think it's cool. Auburn's is like that. Yeah. Vanderbilt baseball stadiums like that. Yeah. Vanderbilt, they had to squeeze that baby in there. Oof. And they are landlocked and then some. <laughs> right. It's Yeah. Then they they've got a different set of challenges with facilities yeah. than a lot of other people. But uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week as we inch closer and closer to week one of college football. I want to remind you, um, home field apparel. We talked about at the top of the show. If you didn't listen to that episode, give it a give it a go. Ryan Nanny went into uh deep into home field. The drop for Ole Miss's line will be August twenty seventh when it comes out. And you are going to get in there and check every item that is in the line and add it to your cart. Make sure to enter promo code TOC23 at checkout for a 15% discount. It is, um, I haven't seen the full line, but I've seen a couple items and it is, it is spicy. It is going to be good. Um, I'll just say this, you better get in early because, uh, I don't know if home fields ever sold out of anything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, get in there, uh, as soon as that drop happens, August 27th, promo code TOC 23. So David appreciate you once again, and we'll be back next week. Absolutely. We're getting close. It's getting fun. Getting close. Indeed. Thank you to the rest of the sponsors that make this show possible. And of course, thank you to you, the listener for tuning in. So for David over there, I'm Zach. This has been daytime fireworks until next time we out of here. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.